everybody. What's going on? This is the Two Girls, One Murder podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Blair Morgan Reeves. And I'm Eleni. <laughs> I love it. Every time I'm like, just Eleni. Yeah, I think it's great. That's all we need. Yeah, that's all we need. Yeah. Um, we are <laughs> recording and reporting to you from a different locale. Yes, a new recording studio, if you will. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to have you here. You're my first friend that's been here and that's seen this is my office space that I'm now practicing therapy in. So um, it's exciting. Huge congrats, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Huge congrats. It's a beautiful office. Thanks. I love it. I'm comfortable here. Josh is like, I'm never going to see you again. You're going to move into the office. And I'm like, I might. I might. Like, Actually, yeah. I, I mean, that's I like the, the vibe. Yeah. Like, that was the plan. That was the whole plan. I told you about it. <laughs> I'm leaving you for my office. We signed a contract. Goodbye. <laughs> Poor Josh. Oh my gosh. So how have you been otherwise since the last time we recorded? I've been good. Been busy. I've just been setting up my practice and um, getting ready for the holidays, Thanksgiving. And... This is a crazy time. Yeah. I think one of the episodes we recorded, probably the Halloween episode, I mentioned how much I love this time of year. Yeah. Um, that was before work decided to really pile on. No. In a good way. It's a good job. I like love okay. my company and everything. Good, 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 but good. it's just like, oh, it's really started to ramp up at the same time that I have all of these other things but outside of work. You've been also like watching a really cute pup. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, we were pet sitting. <laughs> yes. No big deal. It's just the VP of products dog. No big deal, but also so cute. She's she's a sweetheart. Literally like all she wanted to do was just cuddle up in a blanket. She's a little old lady, right? Little old lady. Mm. I think she's probably like eight. Oh. Could not have weighed more than five pounds. What breed is she? She looks I like a mink. A chihuahua and maybe some terrier. Okay. She's never had her like DNA tested, so she doesn't know. Because she's definitely not, I don't think, full blown chihuahua to me. A lady of the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. She had her. beautiful colors though. She's got yeah. like the black and the white. So sweet. You know, just she's a sweet face. So sweet. You just like, you know, kind of like lick your hand if you were petting her. Like oh. she really warmed up to us because I mean she was there for a whole week. Yeah. We had that's, her. A t- that's a while. It's a long time and she's never been away that long from oh. her mom. Oh my her God. They really life. trusted you. It, yeah. That's why I was like. Sheesh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's sweet. Yeah. It was, it was really great because it was a good like test run. I don't think we want a dog while we live in Manhattan, like in the city. Yeah. Um, I mean, we see a lot of big dogs and yeah. I don't know where these people live where they have these big dogs rolling around their apartment, but uh Kyle's also never been a small dog person, mm. and he she warmed. Him I up to bet. The idea. I bet she did. I was like, yeah, isn't it nice to have a, a dog that can cuddle up on your lap? On your lap, something little and that and you can tiny. just pick up when you don't want them to be somewhere. Like exactly you can just right. be like, oh, not here. I'm telling you, girl. Even their poops are small. Yeah, like you don't feel like you're picking your own shit up off the sidewalk. Yeah, with people watching you, I it's like yeah, a huge ordeal. Whereas when it's a small dog, it's a lot easier to handle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well good this was a good practice round yeah for you guys. And, uh, but i had to remind myself she's very low maintenance because she's like older yeah so if you get a puppy if you get a puppy it's a little bit more work you have to train yeah. and really spend the time and the energy yeah. so someday we will have dogs in our lives nice. i know you have several pups yeah and i love it 
I love them. They're my little babies. My little weasels. They have a million nicknames and just like, it's great. Highly recommend small dogs. Highly recommend. And maybe you get a big dog too. You can have one of each. That's what I would ideally like, I think. It's fun. It's a fun dynamic to have a big dog and a small dog. It's actually very funny. Animals are entertaining. Like, they just make you laugh. Yeah, we used to have, when I grew up, we had a Rottweiler. And then at one point, I somehow convinced my parents to get me my own dog. And I got a miniature pincher. And the big dog would kind of just grab his collar and yeah. like pick him up like a toy. Aww. And you're just like, that's not. <laughs> that is not your toy. Like, that's not right. Or the small dog would, you know, they think they're big. So they he do would sit in his large bed. And then the big dog would come <laughs> over and just lay on top of him. He's like, I don't know what you're doing in my house. Like, Spot. this is where I come Aww. to lay down. I love so that. it's fun though. I thought I it was that. funny. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, We've got a lot to cover today. We do. Starting with. The drink of the pod. Yes, I'm very excited for this one. I just realized I already poured us the glasses, so you guys aren't going to get any satisfying ASMR out of this. Yeah, but no uncorking today. No uncorking, and we're in like plastic glasses, so no no clicks, no or clinks. clinks. Yeah, <laughs> we could clink the plastic and see if that does anything for them. Here we go. Oh, it was so. Lit. Oh my god, so lit. let's try again closer. <laughs> I don't think it's registering. I hope it does. Just because that would be a so miracle. Silly. <laughs> You guys should see us in this office right now by ourselves trying to clink Clink plastic plastic together. Amazing. Hilarious. So I brought in, it's called Shirley Wines. You would think that I got a sponsorship for us with the amount of wine and products that I brought over. There's four items here. (laughs) There's four items. I discovered Shirley because I've mentioned before i keep forgetting that the announcement is still in an episode that hasn't come out yet where i talk about not drinking and at this point now i'm on day 28 so it's like gonna be really awkward for people to listen to this listen we told you guys before we time travel in this podcast we do we do some time traveling with our personal stuff so at this point i've had 28 days where i haven't had any booze at all how do you feel feel really good has it been been like challenging no because i haven't been going out okay um, that's actually a lie. I did go out once with one of my besties, Eva. Shout out to Eva because she knew that I was trying to like not drink booze. And when we went out to Brooklyn, she knew a couple of places that had awesome. non-boozy wines and just opened my eyes to the possibilities in New York. There's so many bars that don't oh, yeah. have alcohol or they have oh, yeah. full menus that are non-alcoholic. Like you can yeah. still get a cocktail. They have old fashions that don't no have No way. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. That is cool. Out there. So I came across Shirley Wines because I was looking for stuff that was a step up from the recess drinks that I'd been yeah. doing, which are like CBD. I wanted something that really felt as if I was having a glass of wine at the end of the day. Yeah. So Shirley Wines, the way that they make their wines is they produce it just as they normally would. And then they extract the alcohol at the end. Awesome. So I was nervous. About tasting this rosé. It rose. smells really very good. It smells like a rosé. A would light have no color. Idea. Light color. Um, the cool thing is that it has a, uh, you know, nutrition label on the back because mm. it's not technically alcohol. There's mm-hmm. no booze in it. So mm-hmm. it's 30 calories per serving and there's only three servings in an entire bottle. Amazing. So I feel really good about that. Yeah. Um, let's do a taste. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, no, I've had this. I've had this before, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Okay, I, <laughs> I'm not a huge like drinker. I don't love alcohol, um, but I'll drink it if I'm going out socially. I kind of like this better than real wine. Isn't it insane? I kind of like this better than real wine because it doesn't have that 
I mean, obviously the alcohol, it has like a bite to it that I just don't like. I could taste that in any drink that I have. So this is like all the nice flavors of wine. It does not taste like juice. Which is crucial because I have heard that that's pretty much what every single wine that is non-boozy tastes like. Yeah, this is so good. But I think they they really hit the nail on the mm. head by producing it like normal and then just taking out the wine. I think that's why it tastes like wine. Have Has our episode come out where we talk about how a rosé, that how you drink rosé all year round? I think it has. I think it did because I think that was the last, I think that was when we did the, when we had the Miraval and we got, we got a little tipsy off that rosé because that tastes like water. Wow. I also bought, I bought myself two bottles of that this past weekend. That I'll still buy because that is just, it's, it's above and beyond anything. It is beyond anything. Beyond. But this, this surely really does remind me of a summer drink and I mean, I could drink it all year round, but this is very summery, and I love it. I love it. Yeah, it, it does remind you of some of the other rosés that we've had. Like, I feel like it's a good comparison to maybe Whispering Angel, mm-hmm. even. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's uh, still kind of on the drier side. Yeah. It's not very sweet at all. No. Not it's not too sweet. That's why I said it doesn't taste like juice. It tastes like wine. Mm-hmm. But better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're not hungover. Wow. But you literally, these are in bottles of wine. Like, if I showed up to a party yes. with this, everybody yeah. would think I'm drinking wine. Yeah. They're like, oh, Blair's drinking rosé. Yo, my dumbass would drink some of this and get, like, fake drunk, I think. The label literally says Shirley Wines Rosé. Yeah. They're not. They're called Shirley Wines. <laughs> it's wine, but there's no booze. It is wine. It's wine, just without the alcohol. So it's kind of crazy. I'm so glad you like it. I really like it. We're going to, you know, keep, keep going at it because we've got so many of the Shirley stuff, mm-hmm. too. I mean, hopefully one day somebody, we post our photo of how much we love it and maybe they reach out and I'm like, I will. And sponsor us. Just not even pay, just give us free wine. product. Yeah, I would like free that. product yeah. and I will promote you till the day. Well, you, you said you ordered this online, right? Yeah, I ordered it through their website. I haven't looked into yet like where they're sold, if it's sold at, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. different stores yet. Um, wow. I'm not, and I'm not sure where they're based out of either. I think California. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yes, we partner with the best California winemakers to create a high-quality, clean-label rosé that can be enjoyed by everyone. Yeah, baby. Um, I just love that it says for pairing. You know how wines usually tell you what to pair it with? Yeah. It tells you pairing with friends. Oh, cheers. (laughs) Cheers. I'm going to pair this wine with you. Yeah, girl. Oh, I love that. Um, But yeah, so while we're sipping on this, I'm going to talk about... Something that I'm pumped about. Yes. I'm not well. Pumped isn't the right word mm, yeah. for murder, but I I don't remember how I came across this. But today we're going back to the 1960s, and we're going to talk about Ian Brady and Myra Hindley, aka the Moore's murderer. <gasps> Blair, Blair. <laughs> First of all, I really love this murder. I'm familiar with it, and do you want to know why I'm familiar with of it? Of course, Blair. I almost did that one today. You did not. I swear. I, I think we it. talked about it because I think I texted you to be a, to say, just to confirm, <gasps> I think later on, like when we were researching, because we sometimes we want to make sure we're not. I almost did this one today. Murderer. Yeah. And Could I, you imagine? That'd be hilarious. Because <laughs> it's a really good one. It is and, a really good one. Um, wow. Wow. I cannot wait to hear you talk about this one. And you can add things in then, hopefully. Hell no, I, girl. This is your stage, baby. Well, I, I, didn't, I don't go into 
crazy amounts of gory detail, but I'm still going to put a listener discretion advised on this one because the victims are children. Oh yeah. And you know what? I feel like this one, from what I found too, there wasn't, there weren't too many details. It's hard to find details about it, to be honest. There's, you know, details about the murderers themselves, which I'll get into and um, some minor details about the victims. I'll do a similar setup to what I did for the Dennis Nielsen episode where Mm. I broke down every, murder i'm gonna do something similar to that at some point and then obviously what happened after amazing but um yeah i guess i'll just i'll dive right in who are these killers i mentioned ian brady Mm -hmm. and myra hinley so let's start with ian um he was born in glasgow scotland i don't know what my um attraction is to murderers in europe you're loving the foreign murders i i think every single episode can't remember um the little old lady killer where she was killing i don't think it was in mexico i feel like he was in the united states but maybe i made that up Mm. i can't remember but she might be the exception to the rule but so far i've only covered killers in europe yeah which is you know something to think about (laughs) (laughs) i'm not diagnosing you but i'm thinking about it well to be fair it's a good balance right because then you're you're covering people in the states and i'm covering the international waters that is very true that (laughs) is very true okay girl so okay so yeah he was born in scotland his mother was maggie stewart uh she was a 28 year old tea room waitress oh so we don't know um we know you know some things about his mother and i'll get into that in a second but we don't know a lot about his father um the mom claimed that he um died a few months before ian was born okay so it wasn't some kind of daddy issue stuff that we've seen <laughs> or maybe a lack, of, I daddy mean, lack issue. of daddy yeah maybe um but because of of this and she had a waitressing job she wasn't really able to afford any type of care for mm. a child she just didn't have the money so um she actually left him in the care of a local couple john and mary sloan and she frequently visited him when he was younger and that kind of tapered off as he got older right she didn't visit him as much um when he was 12 he moved to manchester wait his mom just gave him away to a local couple that's what they said in these articles it was local couple not like adoption agency like i'm here thinking like she left them in the care like to babysit yeah not like a friend no she just kind of i think yeah just fully was like you can have my kid take him and i'm gonna visit him less and less until he's he didn't plan on it but yeah i guess holy shit mommy issues then yeah right so at this point he's 12 he moved to Manchester, which is a key location point. Manchester is huge in this yeah. story. Wow. Um, with her new husband, Patrick Brady. Okay, Patrick. So she kind of comes back into the life and uh, into his life, and then he's got a, a father figure at 12. All That's right. pretty late on. Um, which, in my notes here, I wrote, this all sounds pretty normal until this giant red flag. Yes. Here we go. As a child, Brady enjoyed torturing and killing animals once even setting a dog on fire. Oh, good. Just setting it on fire. So that's what I was like, normal I, until, up until this point. And, I mean, we all know that that's the first sign of a freaking psychopath. That's what I was like, where have we heard this before? Everywhere. Yeah, where this this seems like a sign of some sort Amazing. So, yeah, later he's in primary school. Uh, he went to Camden Street Primary School, and he was considered an underachiever and kept to himself. Um, he was just kind of, like, 
he was apparently above average, but he just didn't care. Mm. You know, like he could have been really smart and things, but he just didn't apply himself. Right. He just wanted to light dogs on fire. Yeah. Mm. Also, huge red flag <laughs> at this time that Brady became interested in World War II and the Nazis. Oh. He even tried to learn the German language. <laughs> Not only that, among his favorite books were Hitler's autobiography. No. Mein Kampf. Yeah. No. Crime and Punishment. Mm. and less well-known books about sadism. Nice. So Lit. we're off to a great start. Awesome. How old is he at this point? So he's still like 12 to oh. about 13. Yeah, like 13. Wow. Still very young. I think this all kind of happened when he moved to Manchester. He's at Camden Primary School. Mm-hmm. That is so system. unfortunate that, because it does sound like he is smart, trying to learn another language and reading and like, you know, being interested. But, but, but what you're reading. <laughs> the content. But yeah, he's channeling that energy into a dark place. It's... He, he goes really dark um, and it's never really looked into necessarily mm. why that mm. happened. Because to me, like looking at this, his childhood isn't bad. Right. Overall. Overall. I mean, right. I mean, it's shitty that his mom dumped him. But but then she came back and... She came back, you right. Know, and she was still visiting him, so it wasn't like she was gone forever. She just couldn't probably pay... Right, right, right. ...to feed him, so he probably had a better life than if she tried to hold on to That's him. That's true. That's true, yeah. Um, you know, compared to what other childhoods seem like. No, you're so right. Episodes. So wow. I'm, I'm like, I don't know where to draw the awful personalities he's got brewing in him as a young <laughs> teen, because uh, between the ages of 13 and 16... He, this is when he starts doing crime, some like petty crime. So he was charged with housebreaking and burglary three times. After the third time, he moved in with his mother and stepfather in Manchester, where he took up crime again, spending time in two juvenile centers. So at this point, we're still in like the 1950s. I said we were moving to the 60s. That's when Mm -hmm. the the 60s is when the murders happened. Mm -hmm. But at this point in time, it's 1957. um, He learned bookkeeping while he was institutionalized in these centers. And he got a job as a stock clerk at uh, Millward's Merchandising, where he met Myra Hind- Hindley mm. a year later. So their connection is this kind of merchandising um, place where he is a stock clerk. And I've got a photo of him. So this is after he was arrested. Oh, wow. Um, that's him right there. He kind of looks like Frank Sinatra. He is actually very good looking in some of the some of these photos, like when he was younger. It's mm. actually very they're a very good looking right couple, which is probably why people trusted them. You know, yeah, it's yeah, or just I guess didn't suspect at this point at, at least, or maybe he, he. It sounds like he didn't get away with stuff though, because he's already right. been when he was a juvie, and then you know, yeah. But this is what he looked like older after he was arrested for wow. The, the crimes we're going to get into later. Yeah, he cute. He cute. He cute. Uh, so now let's get into Myra Henley, Myra. the lady of this uh, killing couple duo that we've got going on. She was born in Manchester. Okay. So that area we keep bringing up. And she had a comparatively much more, quote, normal childhood than Brady did. Uh, she was raised um, in like a working class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, her parents were Bob, a laborer who was doing military service during her first, like, years as a child. Um, she also had, like, a mother in her life, too. So, like, stable parents. The one thing I call out is that Bob was an alcoholic. Okay. Bob. Which, Come on, Bob. Not we, happy, Bob. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> and he would physically abuse Henley. Mm. So. Okay. I, I thought of, I found it odd that the article I pulled this from said that she had a comparatively 
much more normal childhood. I would have thought that Brady had a more normal childhood than, yeah. well, I guess normal is you have an alcoholic parent and they abuse you. Is that what they're trying to say? <laughs> Damn. Maybe for that area. Maybe that that's like pretty normal. Jesus. Um, but he also taught her how to fight and stand up for herself. Which is wait, weird. wait, did he teach her that or did she learn that from like fending off his uh, blows? Again, it. <laughs> you know what? My I'm dad beat me, article. but at least I know how to defend myself. Now. Maybe it was, it started off and he's like, I got to teach you to defend yourself. Like, because you, can't you be are a weak ass bitch. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're weak as hell. Wow. Um, there was oh one incident in particular. Um, Henley was eight years old and a boy scratched her cheek okay. pretty badly. Um, that was when her father told her to fight back. Mm. She actually found the boy and knocked him out. Lit. Yeah. So she's kind of... She's, she's a badass. She's turning into a badass in this story. Um, the Henleys had their second child, Maureen. She was born in 1946. And Myra was sent to live with her maternal grandmother, Ellen. I don't know why. Mm. Um... But throughout her early like school years, she had a poor attendance record because her grandmother tended to keep her at home for even the slightest reasons. Um, she did have excellent grades and enjoyed sports oh. and was a very good swimmer. Okay. Uh, she wasn't considered very feminine, though, and had the nickname Square R's, which would be like <laughs> Square Ass. <laughs> square because of her products. No, honey. I found that so funny. Oh That's a great God. nickname. Good old square ass. Square <laughs> arse. And I thought that was going to be the fun fact of her backstory, but the actual <laughs> fun fact that I pulled from this, this article literally in one sentence says, in her teens, she was a popular babysitter. <laughs> That's a sentence that I pulled from this. She's a very popular babysitter. So, square, all square arse. <laughs> you know, she was always sitting watching children that yeah. her ass just And swimming isn't going to build up any muscle. Oh, hell no. You're going to be slender as hell. So, wow. yeah. When she was 15, a friend of hers, Michael Higgins, drowned in an accident. And she became very traumatized from this because apparently she was supposed to go with him and then mm. ended up not going swimming. And she mm. felt like because of her skills, right. she probably could have saved, saved him. Fuck. Yeah. Not long afterwards, she left school and got a job as a junior clerk at an electrical engineering firm. Um, and this is also around the time she started bleaching her hair blonde. Mm. She was kind of really going through like a yeah. personality phase here. Transition, I should say. Wow. When she was 17, she was briefly engaged to a local boy named Ronnie Sinclair, but broke it off because the idea of married life didn't appeal to her. Good for her. Amen, sister. No, I'm at 17, she had it together. At 17, she was like, I can't be getting married this I young. can't be tied down at 17. I have blonde hair. I'm old square ass. I gotta, I gotta round this shit I've out. I've got a square ass and bleached blonde hair. I've got moves to make. Yeah, she does. Moves to make. Oh. So now, fast forward a little bit. It's 1961. She's 18 years old. She's four years younger than Brady at this point, too. And that's when she got the um, typist job. At okay. the merchandising place where Brady is at this point. Okay. She fell in love with him instantly. Can you blame her? He looked hot He's a cutie. Uh, but it took him about a year to reciprocate. So it mm. took him some time, mm. some swooning. Um, after a Christmas party, he offered to walk her home. Outside her home, he asked her out on a date. They started going steady, usually going to the movies, and then Henley's house to drink German wine. Hmm. So they're kind of, you know, dating. Everything seems pretty normal until Brady started to teach her about Hitler and the Nazis. <laughs> 
<laughs> this motherfucker can't keep it together. He also shared his belief that rape and murder was not wrong. Oh my gosh. So he's kind of feeding into this like bad girl side that she's got going and he's like, She's oh, loving it. He's yeah. loving it. She's like, he's so hot. I can't like, oh, mur- you want to murder? Like that sounds Murder good. me, daddy. She started dressing in short skirts, long boots, continued bleaching mm. her hair, and she stopped going to church when he <gasps> told her it was no good. You know what? Murder and rape, that's fine. Church, don't you fucking go there. It's no good. It's not good for you. It's no good. But there oh. she is. She's got, like, you know, the bleached blonde hair and, like, oh. black kind of coat that we've got this picture of her. Oh. They're cuties, right? Yeah, she's fine. You know, she reminds me of someone, I don't want to say who, but she reminds me of one of my family members in one of my older generations that I don't particularly <laughs> get along with. <laughs> Oops. So, I'm fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. I'm Everything's not making fine. a connection to my Not to my at family all. Number. No. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I kind of just gave you some backstory on our two murderers. Yeah. And before I kind of set the scene and break down the victims of this case, let's take a quick break. Cool. Sounds good. Lenny, Blair, I have to ask you, are you a candle gal? I am a candle gal. I have one lit right now. And when you walked in, there was another candle. I love candles. Well, I have a bit of a confession to make. I have never been into them. Mm. Yeah, they're usually really expensive. The scents yeah. are kind of boring. And I can't even like smell them half the time. Yeah. I feel like they don't have any kind of positive impact or add anything to my life, really. Um, but that all changed when Wax Baby came into my life. Um, you know, it's fall. Mm. Candle Curly. season. It means it's candle season. The days are getting shorter. But bringing a little spark into your space, whether it's a tiny New York City apartment or your palatial vacation home yeah. upstate, it's never been easier with Wax Baby. I love the name. Love the name. At Wax Baby, they're all about bringing you uniquely scented, clean burning candles that are tied to memory, place, and travel. On top of that, they're owned and founded by two New York female creatives. Wax Baby started as a passion project and has transformed into so much more. I love that. Their scent formulas are pretty powerful and complex. Um, they're poured entirely with American-grown soy and beeswax. The wicks are 100% organic-grown cotton with absolutely zero zinc added, which is important. And best of all, their fragrances are 100% free of phthalates. Phthalates, that's with a P, baby. <laughs> the lightweight tins in their signature collection, like the one that we have in our hands right now, makes them really easy to just toss in your purse or suitcase, and you can have some scent therapy wherever you go. And the tins are, they're actually really cute. They're super chic, yes. modern. They look good in your home. And like we, like you just said, I mean, they can go anywhere with you. Yeah. They're great. The scents range from spicy and musky, like their new Wildwood candle, which is my favorite, Eleni. It's a good one. I need a I need a refill, by the way, Wax Baby Ladies. Yeah, Wax Baby. I need some of that Wildwood. Um, to earthy and floral ones, like their all-time bestseller, Islewood. Which is my personal favorite. I really like the eucalyptus, minty. It's very fresh. I, I love that scent. And just when you thought it couldn't get any better, our listeners here at Two Girls, One Murder get 20% off their first purchase on any candle using promo code 
murder. That's M-U-R-D-E-R. When you go to waxbaby.com, that's W-A-X-B-B-Y.com. 20% off your first order when you use our promo code MURDER. Yeah, that's great. 20%. That's a good chunk. That's a huge chunk. Besides the fact that you're supporting, you know, a small business. Yes. It's a female-owned business. You really can't go wrong. Plus, every order includes a free matchbook. And don't forget, Wax Baby also does custom candles for weddings, parties, and brand partnerships. So reach out to the lovely ladies at Wax Baby via their website at waxbaby.com. That's W-A-X-B-B-Y.com. Ooh, we are back. Here we are. We are back. So we know who our murderers are and their upbringing and their families. They're mm. starting to date. Mm. They're talking about Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and not going to church. A love story for the ages, let me tell you. I love it. So let's set the scene a little bit. Um, Brady and Henley abducted their victims who were both boys and girls ages 10 to 17 uh, with simple ruses. I mean, you can imagine it's pretty easy if you find a. Wow, I can't believe the sentence that was just going to come out of my mouth. I was going to say it's pretty easy to seduce a child to come. <laughs> you're right, be with though. you. But, no, like, right. I mean, they don't know. And even as an adult, it's very easy to fall into different traps like that and be rused. It's very hard to um, say no to people that feel like they're in a position of power. So that could be adults if you're a child. That positions power or just like. It seems like they're offering you something mm-hmm. really good. So candy, yeah. Um, but basically, they would force them into their car. Brady would rape them, mm. with the um, exception of their last victim, Edward Evans. So all of the other victims that I'll go through have were raped, and then they were killed either by them being strangled with a piece of string mm. um, or by slashing their throats. Mm. Again, these are ten to seventeen year olds. Yeah, they're young. Oh. Their bodies were um, buried at Saddleworth Moor, which is why they're called the Moors Murderers. For anyone who is like, but their names aren't the Moors. They right. never got married. No, they were, it was a location where they the put Moors. the bodies. Isn't a moor like a, like a, isn't like a marshy, swampy, I, grassy... I looked this up. It is some sort of like, um, yeah, it's not a flat plain. It's, yeah, I forgot to look up like the actual term but it's somewhere like in the uk what they call like some kind of area like this where it is something that's not like a flat area it's like a marsh kind of yeah it's yeah like you wouldn't i don't think you really want to like be walking on right. a more like it's right. uneven or like a hilly or mm. like yeah or swamp like so um Ugh. yeah so that's where they would keep them saddle worth more um after killing leslie and downey they faced um Oh, sorry, they faced. They forced her to pose for photos and even tape-recorded her torture. So that is, like, a key piece of evidence I'll talk about later on when I go through her actual um, story, you know, because I broke them all up. So, yeah, yeah, they they started to get even more kind of gross as they went on. Uh, When they killed Edward Evans, that was the last victim, Brady beat him to death with an axe and then strangled him with an electrical cord post-mortem. He died by the beating with the axe, obviously. Yeah. But then strangle them afterwards so very sick person sick oh my god yeah um so a couple things happened obviously this is a little bit different than with dennis nielsen who Mm. would pick people that were from out of town and Mm -hmm. you know parents knew they were leaving um the children were expected to come home 
they're 10 to 17. Like they're right. supposed to be coming home. Right. Um, so five children were reported missing, but the bodies of just three were found by the time the couple was arrested in 1965. So they only wow. found three of the bodies. The killings were called the Moore's murders because again, of where they kept burying them. Um, and this Moore is actually in Northwestern England. If anybody's curious about geography, <laughs> if anyone's around, I guess specific. Um, the British, the people there were horrified, obviously, by the revelations uh-huh. that some of the children had been tortured and molested. It wasn't, when I say just, that kind of belittles a murder, but usually it's enough to be murdering someone. Right. And then on top of that, you've tortured them, you've molested them, their children. Yeah. So there's a lot of like really sick layers to this that really horrified people yeah. in the area. Oh my God. So. Who were these victims? Are we ready to get into it? Mm-hmm. They're not as long as my as my last one. They're because again, there's a there's not that much detail on them. Right. It's hard to find like very in depth detail about these victims, at least from news articles that I pulled this stuff from. So we have our first one, Pauline Reed. She was 16. Pauline was um, again Brady's first victim. She disappeared on July 12th mm-hmm. in 1963. So it's also I, I mentioned the dates because it is interesting that they weren't doing this for very long. Right. They were happening pretty quickly. They were arrested in 1965 and this oh, first wow. one is 1963. Yeah. In July. So you're halfway through mm-hmm. 63. So, you know, and they had five victims. So th- this kind of was happening pretty quickly. Wow. Um she was on her way uh, on her way to a disco near her home mm-hmm. uh, in Manchester, and it was two decades before her parents found out what happened to her when her oh, body was found in 1987 no. after the murderers confessed and led detectives to a gravesite. I'll get to that. That's horrible. Later, because again, they didn't find all the bodies. Mm-hmm. So once they were arrested and put in jail, there mm-hmm. was uh, a situation where they got to kind of explore the grounds and found her body. Um, she was still wearing her pink and gold party dress and blue coat. Uh, the next victim was John Kilbridge, 12. What's his mm, age? Baby. 12. It's like seventh grade. You're you're young. You're 12. Yeah. You're not a teen. <laughs> wow. You're really young. Four months. And this was four months after Pauline disappeared. Uh, John became the second victim. He disappeared from a marketplace in town near Manchester when... Hinley offered him a ride home and then made a detour to the moor where Brady sexually assaulted him and strangled him with a piece of string. Wow. So July 1963, first victim, second victim is in November of 1963. Mm. And it kind of sounds, at least from so far we've heard, Hinley's kind of like the seducer. Mm -hmm. You know, she's a female, so she's kind of got like a, a, you know, Kids feel safer. Yeah, Yeah. you just, you do. She's got like, you know, motherly qualities. You feel safer on your uh, mom. Wow. And she's able to seduce them into the car. And then Brady is the one doing the the actual stuff to them. Yeah, she's really just, I mean, just, again, I keep using that word just. She's getting the bait at the you know victims she's luring them in and then he's doing the awful things mm. to them mm. uh next one is uh keith bennett he's also 12 Mm-mm. he became their third victim when he was abducted um after leaving his home in manchester so this is kind of repetitive but i think all of these happen in manchester which yeah. is why them yeah. moving there is kind of playing a role in where these victims were located they did a really the police did a really intensive search for him um in 1986 amid the reports that the pair had confessed to his murder so that was part of what i had mentioned before with pauline 
um, they just, they, this was one, unfortunately, where they never found the body. Wow. So you imagine the parents, mm-hmm. like, they really campaigned, the mom really campaigned for this to, to find them, and they never found the body. Wow. Uh, Leslie Ann Downey is 10. No. This is the worst one. This is the worst one. I'm warning you guys again, this is the absolute worst. Yeah. Uh, she was the youngest victim. She died in 1964 after being lured away from a fairground to the house Hinley shared with her grandmother. So we're not at the moor yet. Uh, Brady sexually abused her and tortured her. So he forced her, you know, not only to endure mm. this abuse, but he had her pose for sexually explicit photographs. Mm-mm. The most horrifying part is that they taped it. No. They taped her torture. And the jurors had to listen to that during Ugh. their trial. And it's about 16 minutes of tape Ugh. of her sick. So crying sick. out for her mother. No. Saying, baby. like, asking God to help her before she was killed. It was 16 minutes of her being a 10 year old girl being yeah. tortured. Yeah. Awful. Her oh. body was dug up. She was completely naked, except mm-hmm. for her shoes and mm-hmm. her socks. So, 10. Mm-mm. Terrible. Mm-mm. Awful. Last one is Edward Evans. He's 17. Mm-hmm. He's the final victim. He was um, an apprentice engineer who was lured um, to a home that was shared by Henley and Brady. Uh, the pair summoned Henley's brother-in-law, David Smith. This poor guy got brought into the mix. <laughs> Uh, to help us move our sofa, and then it really it was under false pretense. Obviously, they weren't like, "Hey, we're murdering a kid." They, oh, they, you know, told him to come over, and they forced him to watch Brady murder Edward. No, yeah, they forced this guy, and that ended up being their downfall because Smith, after they made him help, mm-hmm. you know, get rid of the body, um, he fled and was so terrified he called the police. I'm surprised they didn't kill him. Well, that's what I'm. I'm like, you know, that was your downfall inviting the you know, the brother-in-law to come over and watch. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously not into this. So he calls the police. And the next morning, the officers searched the house and began unraveling all of the evidence. You know what? That shows you how delusional they were because they thought that it would be normal to have someone come in and, you know, witness this and that they're not doing anything wrong. That's how fucking far at removed least, they are. Yeah. At least Brady. I mean, he, he really does sound like the mastermind yeah. behind it. And wow. I unfortunately do have pictures of, Oh my goodness. Me. That's the 10 year old. Oh, She's so young. They're so little. Oh. They're so little. That's I have so little like, headshots of them. We'll we'll definitely post that on social too. But obviously they were arrested once the police were alerted mm-hmm. by Smith. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh their trial began April twenty seventh on nineteen sixty six and ended with both of them being found guilty of murder. Mm-hmm. Brady was responsible for the three counts for the three bodies. Yeah. Hinley, um, was found on two counts and then found guilty of accessory to murder okay. for John Kilbridge's case. Yeah. And she was truly an accessory. Yes. She I was. don't know how much, it, they don't ever say how much involvement she had in the actual murders. Mm. It really sounds like it's all Brady at this point. Mm-hmm. Luckily for them though, uh, England had abolished capital punishment just a few weeks before they were arrested. What? Yep. They literally skimped on getting the death penalty weeks before. Wow. If they were arrested a few weeks prior, they would have gotten mm. the death penalty probably, I, I imagine. Uh, in 1985, Brady confessed to the murders of Pauline and Keith, who we mentioned were not a part of the three bodies found. So mm-hmm. they weren't originally convicted of that. Mm. 
Um, the investigation was then reopened in 1985, and both um, Brady and Henley were taken to the moor, mm-hmm. and they were kind of assisting the police in hopefully finding the bodies. Again, they only found Pauline Reed's body. 20 years later. Yeah. 20 years later. Yeah, and Keith's was never found. I, again, that's really heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, in 2002, Henley died of bronchial n- pneumonia at the age of 60 mm-hmm. and uh, Brady died of unspecified chest and lung conditions at the age of 79 in um, Ashworth hospital, a high security psychiatric hospital in Liverpool. Wow. England. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So why did they do it? <gasps> Let's take a break and find out. after. Okay. Enjoy listening to the two girls, one murder podcast. Show us some love on our Instagram by liking and commenting on our posts. Search two girls, one murder. That's girls with a U in the search bar. Got a comment or feedback for us to improve the pod? Send us an email to two girls, one murder at gmail.com. That's girls with a U. Thanks for your support. All right. I'm going to take another sip of this rosé. I've finished mine already. I finished mine probably 10 minutes ago. That's a good sign. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. That's a good sign. Um, but really quick, let's wrap this up. Mm-hmm. I love to hang in. Why did they do it? There's not a whole lot of resources that say why, other than what we kind of alluded to in the beginning with Brady, where he's a sick fuck. Right. Fuck. Um, I was reading in, like, one of our sources that Brady um, talked about how he thought it was so easy for him to kill someone. Mm-hmm. He allegedly said that strangulation was best because it was simple, silent, and quick, even suggesting he could carry out the act with one hand. Ew. Which I'm like, sure, but you also only killed children. Right. So then people were like, well, why children? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's the that's the follow-up question. Okay, so you think it's easy to kill people. Mm-hmm. You think you're Mr. Strong Arms over here and you can just do it with one hand. You saw him. He's a skinny dude. Yeah. You can be strong and be skinny. Right. But um, why children? And he just simply responded, existential exercises, whatever the fuck that means. Get the fuck out of here. Was he practicing? Practicing, and then he was gonna move up to adults. Like he started with like torturing animals, and then he was gonna like murder kids, and then he's gonna murder adults. What does that mean? Hmm. Strange. It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think he's just insane. Yeah, he's I think insane. He's just he's just bonkers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's all I have for the Moore's murders. Amazing. Which. There's quite a bit out there. This episode could have easily been like a five-parter because of yeah. all the stuff that's out there. I'm sure we'll do a short stab because there's not only several books about them. Mm-hmm. There's an Apple TV series. There's the, I think it's a movie, See No Evil, The Moore's Murders. I think I saw that. Crime, I think. Um, there's a lot of additional media out there stories to consume so if you're interested Mm -hmm. google them and you will be you'll have a field day i know i'm gonna go back and look at some of this other content that's out there because yeah i barely scratched the surface i feel like with this no this was awesome though you you did better than i would have with this one yeah oh show yeah um so yeah that's all we've got we've got um a surprise coming up for what our site for our segment our favorite segment by try pass by but before (laughs) i do as a listener, Melanie, mm-hmm. what did you think of this episode, this case? Um, 
I think it was different in that it was carried out by a pair. I mean, we know that there's like murderers that, you know, work together and in team murders, but this was different from ones we've done before for that reason, you know. He had a teammate. Yeah. Um it was wild. It was sad. It was really sad and I think for me like seeing pictures of the victims is tough. Um Yeah. But it, it is nice to, you know, I guess put a face to it just makes it a little it more memorializes real. it. Oh, and it makes it more real for sure. This yeah. was very, it was very disturbing. Very disturbing. I read somewhere that the Moors, um, like, just the way that they're, I guess, biologically set up is that they preserve some, somewhat. Like, they preserved certain aspects of oh interesting so maybe the, the bodies victims. were yeah. more preserved over time even because mm. it was buried in a more yeah. yeah very wild interesting interesting well yeah that i think is a perfect bow Bleh. to wrap up this episode which brings us to everyone's favorite closing segment by try or pass by and like i hinted we're mm-hmm. we've already been Drinking the wine, which I guess we can do a, a you know, buy, try, pass, by on the wine. Buy. Which for me is a buy, obviously. Yeah. It's a buy. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. Which I figured. So today we're taste testing goldfish. Yes, baby. Bring it back. Goldfish. What do we, Eleni, run us through the flavors that we brought in. This is not a full picture because goldfish has a billion flavors. So don't come at us already. So that. many flavors. We have the rainbow colors cheddar flavor. We have... Parmesan, 100% real cheese. We have flavor blasted extra cheddar. We have vanilla cupcake. I'm not sure. Grams. They're like grams. And then we have a veggie crackers. They're made of sweet carrots, like one third serving of carrots. Like, so that's a healthier version. Hey. I mean, you're gonna. I'm gonna see everything after this yeah. tasting. The only one I was really missing was the pretzel one. Pretzel, and then we said pizza too. Yeah, and pizza. I couldn't find those. Yeah, because um, we really wanted to do a full picture. I don't know about you, but goldfish were huge in my childhood, and mm-hmm. just also as a snack, even as an adult. But like, we would have just a whole array of flavors at the house at all times. Like it was an easy snack to yes. like grab. My issue with it is that I can eat an entire bag and still not be full. Yeah. Because I'm just, I just love them so much. Can't um, stop with the goldfish. I love them too. Yeah. So I already know what my favorite one, when I think my favorite one is the one that is came half empty, which we won't <laughs> reveal yet because I ate some of them already. But There's only two left to try in that bag. <laughs> We're going to taste each one, and then we will, I think, attempt to rank them. I think so. I think we should. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to try this. Are we going to get our ASMR game on? Yeah. Open open that bad boy up. Okay. This is the veggie one. It comes in a fancy bag. It's plastic, not paper. And it's sealed, whereas the typical goldfish bag is, like, folded down. And yeah, I think glued, and then once and this open, one doesn't want to open at all. It's like oh. a Ziploc bag. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is the veggie. Oh, oh, they're kind of shaped like carrots. I like when they change the shape sometimes. Oh, there's carrots in there. There's mixed like with carrot shaped. That is very cute. All right, I'm gonna grab some of these. Okay, these are supposed to taste like carrots. Wait, the carrot has a smiley face <gasps> on it. Get out! Are you fucking kidding like me? Just like the goldfish, they have oh. the cutest little face. <laughs> That alone is a great start. Oh, my God. All right. They're definitely healthier. 
They don't taste like carrots, though. I'm trying to think of what they remind me of. To me, they taste like Ritz crackers. Ritz. Like a cheddar Ritz. That's what it is. Barely cheddar Ritz. Not a lot of cheddar, but good flavor. Good flavor. I don't know. Let's let's compare the back of those veggie ones with the back of another one and just see, like, are they actually... The most neutral one we have is is the rainbow. Yeah. Okay. Just cheddar. Calories, the same. Serving size, you can have one more of the carrot one. Um, fat is the same. Cholesterol, there's, oh, there's more carbs in the carrot one. <laughs> more sodium in the carrot one. The same amount of fiber, more sugar, and less protein. So these are a fucking lie. Which I, you and know, they don't even taste, they don't taste like carrots, which is great. But they also don't even taste, like, taste like goldfish. Like gold. No, they do taste like a Ritz cracker. Yo, fuck these. I mean, that's some that's some shady I'm marketing. Yeah, I'm pissed. Other than the the carrot having a smiley face, <laughs> I, I think these are not okay. going to end well. Okay. Should we do the? Yeah, we're going to do the colors. We're going to do the rainbow ones, which next. are supposed to be cheddar. But as Eleni and I were chatting before, there are differences in the cheddar, the different cheddar flavors that goldfish has. Like the orange ones, I feel like are cheesier. But is that just a mental thing? I'm even saying, like, the baby goldfish that are cheddar mm. or just the regular goldfish cheddar that aren't in colors, I think they taste Different. not as good as these ones, the colors. What do you think it rainbow. is? Like, added food dye or what? <laughs> these are my favorite. These are um, good for, like, Thanksgiving. They have those fall colors. Ooh, little yeah. maroon, green, mm. orange. They're cute. I think they do Christmas colors, too, mm. at some point. Mm. I mean, goldfish, I feel like, just does every everyone. You're right about the flavor. I just tasted something that tasted, like, tomato-y. Yeah. Weird. I like yeah. that. All right. I'm, I mean, I'm happy with that. I like that flavor. I'm happy with the colors. Love that. Got to get some water because they are salty. <laughs> I'm still reeling from the fucking nutrition facts of the veggie ones. I mean, we had to, we had to fact check that. Wow. All right, so what's Smell this one? bag. This is Parmesan. It does smell like Parmesan. They remind me a lot of the original goldfish as well, though. Except with a tiny bit more flavor. Okay. As you would hope. And they're all white. Like a neutral cracker color. These taste like the original goldfish to me. There's not enough of a flavor. Mmm. Mmm. You're right. I wouldn't taste these and be like, ooh, Parmesan. <laughs> yeah. I feel like with goldfish, maybe that's why I like goldfish, is their, their flavors are most subtle. If you... Okay. We're going to go a little... I'm tasting it a bit now. If you suck on... I'm a sicko. If suck you on a goldfish? suck on the goldfish, <laughs> you will taste... Let's just grab more colors. You will taste the Parmesan. If you rub your tongue on it a little... I think those... even if you just put two instead of one single one in yeah. it, like if you grab a handful... Yeah. Those are good. I like them. I could snack yeah, on I those. I up to that. And they're not too, like, um... the. They're not, not as salty, I feel like. They're not as salty, and they're also not too, like cheesy where your fingers are a hot mess that's a fair point because yeah with anything else your fingers are all kind of we're about to get it. into a oh, i'm nervous about this flavor blasted extra <laughs> cheddar i'm nervous another cheddar competitor these are supposed to i guess have more flavor because like i just said they're pretty bland like goldfish yeah these are I like but these are like lick your fingers when you're done hmm your fingers are orange oh they're a little slippery oh, oh they are not slippery, but like they, I can't grab Did you them. have the dust? Mmm. Mmm. 
Have you ever had like a hmm. a sour cream and onion cheddar Lay's? No, but kind of tastes like yeah, that. Yeah, this does like if it, it does kind of taste more sour creamy. Mm, I don't a hint of cheddar. I don't love. I don't like these. And my fingers, they're okay. Yeah, there there's so much powder on these. You have to like lick your fingers and brush them off. Mm. All right. Hmm. All right. Now we're moving into the last one, but also huh. our sweet one, which is the vanilla cupcake. And this is also in a plastic. In a weird bag. In a weird bag. Is it, can you reseal it? Is that the No, idea? you can't even reseal it, so I don't hmm. fucking know. Weird. I wonder what makes them decide that they need to, like, do a different bag for a different flavor. <laughs> Let's put the sweet ones in a plastic. Oh, they're like graham crackers. They look like graham they crackers. They look like, graham like graham teddy grams. Hmm. They taste like a yeah, oh Teddy Graham. Mm-hmm. These are nice. These are. No, no. They taste like vanilla icing. They do. Legitimately, I could. Dunk. It's a graham crack like a dunk. It's a van- it's a graham cracker texture. Mm-hmm. The taste is vanilla icing. That's like one thousand percent. All right. These are good. They also have a powder on them though. They do. Which I don't. I don't know why. I think uh, it's a flavor blast. You know, I'm having a hard time right now because. The more I think about it, the more I'm thinking maybe I don't like goldfish as much as I thought I did. You might need to leave. Fuck. <laughs> I'm upset about this. I'm upset about this. I haven't had goldfish in a while, so maybe I was, like, Ooh. bringing them up in my head to be better than – I don't know. I haven't had them in a while just because, again, I know that I'm a monster and I'll eat in a yeah. bag. But These didn't hit, like, for me. They just didn't – they didn't slap for me. Wow. How would you rank them, though? <laughs> All right. Honestly, it's a t- I've, it's a tie for first between the colors and the Parmesan. That's what I wanted to say. I didn't think – I thought the colors one because that's my go-to. That's right. what I grab every time. Like, right. That one I will eat all the time, every time. Yeah. I'll get the big Tupperware thing of it, the big tin. Yeah, the gallon of goldfish. I'll get the gallon of the colors because they're my absolute favorite. I think Do that's the best Do you know how cheddar. they're shaped like a milk carton? Have you gotten the ones that are like in a big cardboard box? It's shaped like a big ass milk carton. Yeah, and then that's what I'm the talking box. about. That's okay. what I'm talking about. I used about. to fucking make the spout and pour them into my mouth. Like the <gasps> fattest, fattest kid at pour them into my mouth. Oh my God. Wow, that's the move. I've never done that. I can't shove my finger in that small, my hand in that small bowl. Oh no, bowl. I, would ju- I would just dump into a large bowl. <laughs> that's probably more so. And then I would, you know, take handfuls and put them in my mouth. Oh, but my God. You're taking out the middleman here. I'm taking, and let's be honest, that's my, Ooh, it's my personal bad. box. I'm not going to put my lips to the home box. This is my personal box we're talking about. Yeah, but... no, your man ain't getting any of those goldfish. Honey, I am surprised, though, that the Parmesan came up so high. Like, I really thought, I was like, it's colors. That's the one that I eat all the time. I like the I like the taste of the cheese of the it's Parmesan. It's subtle, but like it builds up. There's no powder, and it's got nice flavor to it. It's it got a nice flavor depth. Mm-hmm. The I do I almost want to say hate, but I won't. The extra cheddar. I'm never. Gonna, I don't think I'm ever gonna buy that. That tastes like cheap cheese, and I'm not oh, a I fan. I just ate one right now. Oh, accidental. Oops. And and the vanilla cupcake was fine, but I honestly prefer like a Teddy Graham. They do it better. Fairer. And then the veggies, you start. You, I'm you just pissed. I'm just pissed. Like honestly, I would have I know, liked. You these. really, you were like they're healthy, and I was like, let's check the back. They're not fucking healthy at all. They're worse. Yeah, it's kind of it's. You really think when something's made out of 
vegetables. I could see if it was made out of fruit where there would be more sugar and things like that because fruit has a lot of sugar, but it's a fucking carrot. There's nothing in a carrot. It's made literally of carrot powder. Carrot powder. That's... I do love that smiley face, though. That I really know. kills me. We might have to post, like, a little picture of that. We might. That's that really was cute. very cute. It was cute. So, you know what? For that reason, it doesn't come in last. <sighs> I think for me, the fa- flavor blasted cheddars, dead last. Dead last. Then the veggies, second to last. Mm-hmm. Then the vanilla cupcake, third to last, or <laughs> third in general. Yep. And Parmesan. then I think, I think for me, like, parm parmesan a second yeah and then first place winner is the colors complete agreement with your ranking oh i didn't think it was gonna go like that but i'm i'm in agreement that i actually do like the grams i thought those were gonna be a lot lower because i like you don't like sweet right and they're not too sweet they're really not they're like a pleasant little thing i don't know if i'd buy them for myself no but if they're around, I'll eat them. Yeah, they're I would good. have a few. I mean, if I'm in the mood for something sweeter. But fuck the, the extra cheddar blast shit. They Rude. trying to add more flavor. Goldfish, you are not known for your strong flavor. And unfortunately, we have two bags of those. I know. We both bought a bag of them you thinking both. that, like, so. nobody's going to buy those. Um, so those are bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I would say, yeah, definitely colors and Parmesan are a solid buy. So good. And the pretzel ones, I would say, too. I could munch on a pretzel. And that's a whole different experience. That's We should do a whole pretzel ranking. Oh. And the pretzel <gasps> goldfish can be a part of that. Blair. We got to write those down. Fuck, I'm writing write it down. down. Write it down. Okay. That'll, be our, that'll be another segment that we do at a different time. But we could do, like, all different types of pretzels. I absolutely love that idea. Um, so yeah, I think Parmesan <laughs> and colors are a buy. I would definitely, at the very least, try the grams. I agree. Try the grams, but not you could buy. Also, I could say you could try the veggie. I would try them too. They, they do taste, they don't have a bad taste. They're not bad. They're just misleading for they're their not, health. They're not <laughs> bad. They do taste healthy, but they're not healthy. So that And they've got me. the cute uh, carrot. Which cute like. carrot face. We accept it. But uh, you can totally pass by. That flavor blasted. I'm like Extra munching cheddar. as I'm talking. Yeah. This is going to be a problem. I'm going to be eating munching on these all day. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts about the wine or the or the fish? You know what? The fish paired nicely with the wine. That's fair. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. And um, they don't just pair with your friends. They pair with goldfish. They pair with everything. Yeah. I loved them all. I, I liked the experience of tasting the goldfish. This was fun. Speaking of the wine, I almost forgot. <gasps> We have another. Yes. So what we were drinking before was the bottle of rosé. Right. Plain rosé bottle. It comes in a bottle that looks like a wine bottle, right? They also have cans of sparkling rosé. Take a look at that. Yes, this look is cute. Look at the back. Whatever. I'm going to pop mine open. Nice. So this is sparkling rosé. So it's going to taste a little bit different than the regular rosé. But I brought this as well because they have... Cans, and I always think the canned stuff is fun to bring to Ooh, parties and stuff. I like the sparkle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's light, right? Very light. Awesome. Yeah. And it's good to bring to, again, like to one can is 30 calories. This is one serving of an entire bottle. Yeah, and you know what? This would be like, this is, I would say, similar size to like a truly, maybe slightly smaller, but mm-hmm. it truly is like 90 to 100. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's cute because it's in like that mm-hmm. light pink color. Their branding is so amazing. I love their branding. The taste is there. I mean, if you had to pick though, it's kind of tough because they're different. It's rose is like kind of my go-to, 
But I think this is good that it comes in a can. And it, and I do it like whatever. the sparkle. I I don't know. I think that I would bring the can. I would bring cans to like a, a thing, like an event. And then the I would party. probably have like the bottle, like either at home or like if I was doing a yes. one-on-one, like if I was coming to see you, I would bring a bottle and that's the type because you want it in a glass you kind of want to yeah you want to sit and chill with it but this the cans are cute they're perfect size and i would bring these the sparkling so buy anything truly at least their rose stuff absolutely a buy and we told you our goals of drinking so i think that does it for this week's episode yeah this was awesome if you would like to send us some booze food or other fun things or just want to reach out to us in general you can send us um an email with all your questions comments feedback we'd yep. love to hear from you yep our email is two girls one murder at gmail.com that's girls with a u and be sure to follow us on instagram which is at two girls one murder to stay up to date on episode releases and other fun content. Yes. That does it for this week's episode. I'm Blair Morgan Reed. I'm Eleni. Cheers. Cheers.